Welcome to another episode of Believing God's Promises, where we don't just read the word, but believe what it says. We are doing our series in Psalms 23. And if for those of you that have not been with us, I want to briefly catch you up, let you know why I'm doing this. It's not your typical Advent series. I really felt like the Lord put this um, specific psalm on my heart for the Christmas season because it is the one that talks about the valley of the shadow of death. It's David um, just sharing his heart of where he's at, of things that he's been through and how God is still good in the midst of that. And I really had a sense that a lot of people, because like I said, a lot of people are going through difficult things. It's been a tough year for a lot of people. I just really felt like the Lord wanted us to look at that and go through that and talk about what it looks like. That sometimes there's this expectation as believers to act like we have it all together and that we're okay. And and yes, we are so grateful that Jesus has come, right? We we don't ever want to lose sight of that. But at the same time, sometimes during the Christmas season, it's difficult. It's challenging. To, and, and, and we feel like we have to just be fake in a sense. And, and the Lord really wants us to be real. And, and this is a, a series that has helped us look at our pain and look at our trials and look at difficult things. And, and how do we get through that? And what does that look like when we're in the midst of a Christmas season and there's expectations on us to, to just be uh, somewhere that we're not. What does that look like? And so we've been going through this. It's been really good. If you've missed any, um, you can go back and watch the, the videos that I've done prior to this. We've gone verse by verse and just discussed it. So today we are in verse five. We're in Psalm 23, five. Now, I want to go ahead and I'm going to start over. I think uh, just reading through and getting to that verse is a good way of doing it. So we're going to do Psalm 23. I'm going to start in verse one and it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. Now, this is our verse of the day. So listen to this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I love this. I love how David really focuses on verse five of the promises of God of how he really focuses that even though he's in a dark valley, even though he's going through trials, even though he's going through difficult things, he focuses on the promises of God and he offers them back up to the Lord. And this is something that we can learn. What do I mean by that? Well, let me give you an example. Let's say that you are struggling to believe that God loves you. Maybe you've, um, I don't know, you've done something that wasn't okay. You've sinned, you've fallen short like we all do. Uh, maybe your circumstances, maybe things aren't going the way that you think they should. Maybe, you know, you've lost your job or someone's walked out on you or betrayed you. Whatever it is, you just are struggling with the fact that God loves you. So you pull open your Bible and you read about how God loves you. You read the promises of God. Maybe you read Romans. I think I have it here. Yeah. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Maybe you read something like that and, and it begins to soak in, but you still don't have that heart revelation. And so you offer it up, back up to God because you're really struggling in that moment. You say, God, this is what your word says. God, you say that even though you already knew that I was going to sin, you knew every sin from the beginning of time that I was going to commit, God, yet you still sent your one and only son to die for me, God. Just give me revelation of that. See, we offer the promises of God back up to him, not in a disrespectful way, but in a like, just saying, God, this is what your word says. This is what you have said, God. So help me to understand this. Give me a deeper revelation, God. Change my heart in this. And this is exactly what we can do in these verses. When we're going through trials, when we're going through tribulation, when we are in the darkest valley, when we're in the valley of the shadow of death, we can offer God's promises back up to him. And we can say, God, this is what your word says. This is what David says is true about you you, God. So help me in this. Give me a revelation of this, God. Help me walk this out. Whatever it is, we can offer it back up to him and we can stand on those promises of God. So I want to go through these this verse and I want to look at the different promises of God. The first one is this. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, what does that look like? First off, we picture David sitting. I, I don't know about you, but I, I picture this big banquet table, like this big, huge table. And then I picture God is prepared it for David ahead of time. He's already taken care of everything. He's already set the table. He's already got the forks. He's already got the knives. He's got the little, um, the little shrimp forks. He's got the cups. He's got all the food. It's all prepared. So David is the guest. And God is the host. Now, in order to understand the Bible, sometimes we have to really go backwards. We have to understand the culture. We have to understand how things were done back in the Bible days, because it just doesn't look the same as it does for us nowadays, right? And so when we study, we see that whenever there was this commandment about hospitality. Now, if you were with me whenever I taught on JL, I explained this in depth. I'm not going to go in depth about it, but basically... If you, um, if you were in your home and there was somebody that came to your door, a lot of times people would be traveling. Maybe they were doing, they were going and fighting. Uh, maybe they were uh, fleeing some kind of bad thing. Whatever it was, they come to your door, they knock on your door, and the the commandment of hospitality is that you open the door, that you welcome them in, and that in that. When you brought someone into your home, there was a, an understanding that they would be protected, that they would be fed, that there would be, this would be like a refugee camp. It would be like a, a refuge, a place that they could come and they could be, and that you would completely take care of everything. They were not required to fix the food. They were not required to bring the food. They were not required to bring anything but themselves. And so when we begin to understand the culture and we begin to understand the language that David is say, speaking, then we begin to understand God's heart more and more. And we can see that God welcomes us in. He welcomes us in and there's a safe space that he has in the midst of our trials. See, because it says in the presence of our enemies. See, God prepares this table. He takes care of everything, but it's not necessarily that he 
takes the enemies out. Otherwise, this would say that he prepares a table for him and he makes his enemies flee. No, he says in the midst, in the midst of, in the midst of the enemies being there, in the presence of the enemies being there, when we're in the middle of the trials, in the middle of the storms, in the middle of the heartaches, in the middle of the hard things that we go through, God's presence is with us. It is, he is welcoming us in to, to have rest to have peace, to be comforted. And not just that, but he wants to take care of us. He wants to provide for us. He wants, he's already set the table. He's already gone ahead of us. He's already taken care of everything. But so often in the midst of our trials, what do we do? We try to figure things out. We try to make things happen. We we go to stress, we go to worry, we go to fear, we go to doubt. And God is saying, come into my presence, <coughs> excuse me, come into our, my presence and let me take care of you. That is, that is what God is offering us in this. And David realizes that and he becomes dependent on God and he offers that back up to the Lord. He says, God, you take care of me in the presence of my enemies. You, you set out this amazing spread of options and food and you take care of me and I can get rest and I can get comfort and you will protect me from my enemies. Even when they're staring me down in the face, God, you are there. You are my refuge and see, we can do this too, friends. We can offer or we can um, submit, we can surrender to God and we can say, God, thank you for taking care of me. God, thank you that you, that you literally are here in the midst of my trials, God, that you are with me, that you are a safe space, God, that I can come to you, that I can take refuge in you, God, that I don't have to figure it out, but God, that you, you, God, already have. And, and we can thank him for that. So that's the first promise that we can stand on and we can offer back up to the Lord. The second is you anoint my head with oil. Now, there are two things I want to go over because I just thought they were so important. You anoint my head with oil. The first thing is that God refreshes us. What do I mean by that? Another custom Another thing that happened back in ancient days was that whenever somebody would come in and be welcomed into a house, the host would pour oil that was mixed with like a fragrance, like a perfume, and they would pour it over their guest head and it would just run down and it would soothe them because a lot, again, a lot of these people that were coming in, you know, they were either harsh conditions or they were in the middle of battle. Maybe they had journeyed a long way, whatever it was, a lot of them were weary. They were tired. They were worn out. They were running from enemies. They were fighting against enemies. And, and this is the picture that David gives of how God being the good host, when, when he welcomes us in, he refreshes us. See, because when that oil with the perfume is poured over our head, what? just picture this with me. It's poured over your head. And what do you do? You take a breath, you, you smell the fragrance. When they would come in and, and, and they were just absolutely exhausted and absolutely worn out and they would get this porn over their head, man, how refreshing is that? Just to know that, that this person, this host was taking care of them, that, that they were there to just let them breathe, to just refresh them, to just give them a place where they could relax and not have to worry and not have to be burdened, but just be. 
Amen. And this is exactly what God wants to do to us. He wants to refresh us. He wants us to come into his presence and let go of the anxiety, let go of the doubt, let go of the worry and the fear. Again, guys, we keep picking it back up when we're, when we are in the midst of our trials, one of the number one things that we do as believers, as believers is so often we pick those things back up. We, we get anxious, we get worried, we get fearful and we want to carry them and we want to fix it and we want to figure it out. And God is saying, just come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He wants to refresh our soul. He wants to refresh us. He wants to anoint us with oil. That is the first the first example, the second, um, we go back to the, you know, you anoint my head with oil, that God heals us. Now, remember at the beginning of this, at the beginning of Psalm 23, um, God is referred to as the Lord is my shepherd. So when we look at how shepherds, what they used oil for, it's so significant for us. Shepherds used oil to heal the wounds of their sheep. And so they would put the oil on them and it would begin to heal them. So this is a representation of God wants to heal us. Now, maybe in the midst of it, we're still grieving and that's okay. Now God is working and he is healing us. We may not feel it. We may not see it, but he is. But this is a promise. This is a promise that in the midst of it, we can say, God, thank you that you are Jehovah Rafa, God, my healer, my healer. I thank you, God, that you are the healer, that you are the one that goes before me, that you have worked all these things out for good. God, I thank you that you're going to bring me through this, that even though you may not bring me out of it, God, that you're going to bring me through it and that you're going to heal me. And you know, something that's interesting about healing, I think in in this world, on this side of heaven, you know, it's not going to look the same is when we get to heaven and we're with our creator, we're with our savior. Because when we're here on this earth, we still have pain that leaves scars. And a lot of times it's hard for us because sometimes we look at those scars as the fact that we're not healed. But it's like whenever I lost my dad, it took me about a year to go through the grieving and the healing process. And now I just given my life to Jesus. And so I really didn't know any of this, honestly. I really didn't even know that that God was my healer. I, I didn't understand this concept, but the more I studied the word and I more, the more I surrendered to the Lord and the more I cried out to God, the more he taught me and he healed me. And, and I would say I am a hundred percent healed today. And it was a grueling process and there was a lot to it. And it was very difficult in the midst of it, but I still have scars. There are still times that I miss my dad. There are still times that I get upset and I'm like, man, this would be so cool if my dad was here because he never got to see this side of me. He only saw the pre-Jesus days of Carrie. And I always thought it'd be cool if he saw me on this side of the cross and he saw what I was doing. You know, some people say, oh, well, he's probably watching from heaven and this and that, you know, and that's great. But like, just to have my dad here and to be able to like talk theology and to talk to him about some of these things, I think that would be so cool. And so there are times that I struggle with that and I get sad and that's okay. Does that mean I haven't healed? Absolutely not. I believe I've healed from that, but there's always going to be a scar. There's always going to be a part of me because that's a part of me that was taken away from me. 
And and I won't I won't ever see him again on this earth. Now in heaven I will, but I won't ever see him again here on this earth. And so that's that's challenging, right? I think that's where a lot of us are is that confusing part of like, well, am I healed? Am I not healed? You know, I can talk about my dad and I can get sad, but it doesn't, it's like I I don't get stuck in that anymore. Whereas when I wasn't healed, it was like I would get so stuck. Not that it was bad because I had to go through grieving. I had to have that time where I was in that because that's so important. I mean, we can't just act like we're okay and move on, right? I had to go through those those really hard times in that first year. But then there was a point that I had to let go and say, okay, God, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to always miss him. I always love him. I'm so sad, but you know what? You are good and you are faithful. And I trust that you are going to continue to heal me. And so I just really, I want to stop here for a minute because I feel like there's a lot of people that you are really stuck in the healing process. And you feel like if you allow God to heal you, that what you're saying is that 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 pain isn't valid or, or or what was done to you was okay. And that's not it at all. God wants to heal you. And then he wants to use your story. You know, I use my dad's story, that story of him dying, because that's when I gave my life to Christ, literally, because my dad died, I gave my life to Christ. So I use that story all the time. And he wants to take all of that pain, all of the suffering, all of the things that you have been through, and he wants to use them for his glory. And if you allow him, to take you through the healing process, then your story is going to be bigger than you could ever imagine. And God is going to use it in a way that you couldn't even fathom. But it all starts with letting go. It all starts with allowing God to anoint your wounds with his oil. It all starts with allowing God to to actually coming in to his presence and allowing God to do this. And he's not going to force Him way, his way in. So I just want to encourage you, if that's you, to just surrender that today to God and just say, you know what, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to let go and start letting you heal me. And again, it's not that you're letting go of the person. It's not that you're letting go of necessarily the the what was done to you, saying that it's okay that that was done to you. Um, it's not that you're letting go of that. You're just letting go of the pain. You're letting go of the situation as a whole. And you're saying, God, I trust you. I trust you to do what you need to do in my life so that you can use my story for your glory, God. And yeah. So, all right. The third thing is moving on is the last part. The last promise is my cup overflows. How amazing is that? So you just picture, I don't know why I picture a goblet, probably because it's like old school Jesus days, you know, or well, pre-Jesus days, but you just picture kind of this goblet and you picture it overflowing with, with water or whatever it is. It says my cup, it overflows. What does it overflow with? This is God's presence, his goodness, his power, his love. God fills us up so much. If we only allow him to come in, he will fill us up so much that we will overflow. And this is the whole point. This is how we can go out and we can love people, right? Is that It's not in my own strength that I love people. If I was to love people in my own strength, I wouldn't be able to do it. It's God in me. It's God in me and it's overflowing out of me. I have a revelation of how much God loves me. I know that he loves me. I know that he's for me. I know that I'm a daughter of the King. I know 
know all of these things. And because of that, I can go out and I can love people in that same way. I can help people in that same way. But first, we have to grab hold of this truth that our cup overflows, even in the midst of our pain, that just because we're going through things doesn't diminish God's power. It doesn't diminish who he is. It doesn't take away his power or his goodness or his faithfulness or his kindness or his mercy. It doesn't change anything about the attributes of God because God is, period. God is in our trials, in our suffering, in our struggles, in our darkest valleys, God is still good and he wants to overflow in your life. He wants to give you an abundance, even in the midst of that. But again, we have to allow him. We have to allow him. We have to come to the place where we get on our knees and we say, God, I can't do this anymore, God. I can't try to figure this out. I can't try to make this happen. God, I give it all to you. I surrender it to you. And in that minute, in that instant, God comes in and he fills us up and he begins to overflow in our lives. And this is where we talk about the peace that passes all understanding. I remember with my mom when my dad passed away, I remember a lot of people would ask her, like, how are you coping? Like this was her, like they were so close and they were married for many, many years. And, and she just was like, I don't even know. It's, it's the presence of God. It's the peace that passes all understanding. Like she was so, and again, I wasn't a Christian, so I didn't understand, but, and, and she still grieved. It wasn't the fake it till you make it, but it was just this sense of peace that she had in her because God was overflowing in her life. God was working in her life. He was giving her the mercy and the grace that she needed to be able to get through that situation. And now she's able to help other women that have lost their spouses. And she's be able to go out and spread God, God's love in a way that I can't, because I don't understand what it's like to lose a spouse. And, and, and you've got a story that's specific to you. You've got a story that God wants to use. And But if you're not willing to let him come in and overflow you, if, if you're not willing to let him in and just let his power and his presence reign in your life, then you're just going to be stuck in the same situation for the rest of your life until you decide to surrender. So I want to encourage you guys to just allow the Lord to come in, allow him to fill you up. And even though it's difficult, know and trust that he is good and that he is faithful, that you're going to get through this, that no matter what it is that you're going through, you can stand on these promises. You bring them back up to God. You, you call out to him again, not in a disrespectful way, but you say, God, you are my healer. So I thank you for healing me. God, you will you will make my cup overflow, God. So I thank you for that, God. I thank you for overflowing every piece of my life, God. The pain, the struggles, the heartache, God. I thank you that you're going to overflow in my life so much that other people are just going to see me and they're going to know that you're good just by seeing me, God. I thank you for using me in this situation. So whatever it is you're going through, don't lose hope. We're going to talk about hope next time. Don't lose hope. Don't give up and know that you, you as a believer, you can bring these things back up to the Lord. You can offer his promises back up to him in your prayers in a respectful way. And you can say, God, you say this. So God work in my life. I claim this is mine. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let me pray for you guys. So Father, I just thank you for every person listening or that's going to listen. God, I just thank you, God, that you have promises all throughout your word, God, that we can stand on and we can offer back up to you, Father. And I thank you that in the midst of our trials, God, 
that these promises that David lays out, God, that you bring them back to our heart, God. When we are struggling, when we are hurting, when we are going through difficult things, God, I thank you for bringing them back up to our heart, God, and helping us, God, to offer them back up to you, God, so that we can see you work in ways that we've never seen before. God, open our eyes, open our hearts to you, God. Fill us up with your grace, your mercy, and your love, God. Help us to see where you're at in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our struggles, and help us to surrender and trust you in everything. In Jesus' name, amen.